how the story ends We are some hippies, these are my friends Come along with me, see how the story ends And we're live! Welcome back, folks, to another episode of Professional Hippies Your favorite professionals or hippies, I don't know, that's to be determined What's going on, brother? How you doing, man? Yeah, we're just surviving hurricanes and uh, traveling the whole country. Dodging bullets. Dodging bullets. Man, that thing was a lot. That was a lot. I am so thankful that that thing did not land right where I live. It was we were we were preparing exactly for that. What everyone saw on the videos, that's what I was preparing for as much as I could here. The carnage. Yeah. Can you imagine if that thing would have hit Tampa? It would have been car- well. St. Pete specifically would have been just carnage, and then all the way up, you know, uh, Clearwater, uh, Tarpon Springs. Yeah, maybe some of Odessa. All that would have been just boop. Time to I rebuild. Mean, Fort Myers. And by the way, if you're new to the program, uh, we are the professional hippies. Like to bridge gap between professionalism and the hippie woo woo. Today we're going to be talking about a little bit of both. But uh, yeah, thinking about St. Petersburg. I like Fort Myers is pretty built out. Don't get me wrong, sure. but it, I don't think it compares to the amount of damage that would have been done in St. Petersburg and Clearwater. My home is built is one of the original homes here, built in 1952. Right? There's thousands of these types of homes out here. Yeah, they're cinder block, but it just would have ripped the roof off probably right off the top of it. The property that I used to own in Tampa, there's no way that home was making it through. A hundred and something mile an hour gust. <laughs> it would have just, it, you would have just saw a domino of all those houses just kind of topple. It wouldn't I'm have shredded. Fairly certain, just, if you turned the lights on inside, you could see little stars on the outside of the wall where some stuff was peeking <laughs> through. I just thought that was part of the ambiance. <laughs> I remember asking the inspector, like, "Hey, I was thinking about doing some insulation or just like taking off this exterior wall, maybe redo that a little bit." And they're like, "You don't want to do that." You don't. <laughs> <laughs> Straight answer, nah. You don't want to do that. If you're looking for insulation, the termites got you covered. They took all that pretty wood and they <laughs> fluffed it up for you. They've already done it. They've <laughs> already done it so much they left. They did yeah. their job, got paid, and left. I kid you not, several people in the construction industry told me the exact same thing. They're like, look, if it's not leaking – don't touch it, man. Anything yeah. you take off the house, you're going to find a lot more behind it than what you wanted to find. <laughs> yeah. I had some uh, I had some mild water damage come in through the ceiling, so I just got to get that fixed. How'd that but, get in? What happened? So I think my downspout on that side of the house is, uh, I think it's clogged, and it just, how much water was coming, it just pulled up, and it pulled up long enough that it just seeped through. Uh, you know, so it didn't like it. Never had a chance to drain and dry out. It just, it just sat there with that amount of water and just seeped through. Because if yeah. you look where it kind of seeped in at, inside the house, it's right there in that patch. That's that's just extremely my guess. But uh, you can see there's more water damage right along the edge than there is further in. So that's my home ownership, baby. It's what it's all about. It's what we live Woo! for. Homeowners insurance, learning how to do that. Oh, you're gonna have to file a claim. I'm gonna see if I want to or not. I'm gonna I'm gonna go up there and just see how heavy it is. If it's bad, then I'll get someone to do it. But I don't think it's that bad. Yeah, I just need some not. water. I just need to dry it, let it dry out, and then uh, do a 
good uh, clean it up and paint job. Yeah, it's just annoying, right? It's mold. mold. It's mold. Yeah, it's no big deal. I've heard black mold is the good stuff. So. Mm, well, yeah, it depends on who you ask. The white mold dealer dealers, uh, <laughs> they, they probably would argue with you on that one. <laughs> if you can't tell folks today, I'm traveling. I'm in Panama City, Florida. So shout out to the other hurricane that came through and made this baby nice. Because uh, <laughs> four years removed, you see what some insurance money can do to a city, let me tell you. That's what's happened in, like, Panama City and Mexico Beach. They were like, oh, all this place wiped out. Let's buy up all this cheap property and build up nice homes. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It, what happened to Fort Myers? When you go back home and you kind of visit your hometown, you get, like, these snapshots of what it, it used to look like and what it's turning into. And that's yeah. the part that, that trips me out the most is every time I come back home now, it's, like, just odd. Because you're literally watching a city grow in six months in increments instead of living in that city and seeing, like, you know, the apartment complex go up day by day, see the roads get built out day by day. Yeah, I remember going back to Tallahassee, and uh, my brother was like, oh, yeah, get over here, go ahead and take the uh, the expressway. And I was like, what? What? <laughs> what was an expressway built in Tallahassee? They built, like, this – it used to be a straight-up dirt road that was used as a cut-through for all the locals, and then they turned it into, of course, the city's like, hey, the locals love using this little dirt of patch. Let's tax the hell out of it and uh, screw the people. Yeah. Tallahassee. Tallahassee. I got offered a job today in Tallahassee. <laughs> and I hope you were like, nope. <laughs> well, it was um, a guy my dad used to work with, or not work with, just good friends, and this guy's built up a, a big company or whatever in, in the roofing industry. He's out in Napa Valley, real close uh, family friend, great guy, really took care of our family. And it, it, when I got into selling Cutco, it was this thing where he's like, hey, man, you could really move up the corporate ladder pretty quick with the skills you've learned. And the other day we were talking, and he circled back and texted me late last night. I was like, would you be interested in a whatever job, like a sales director thing for a roofing materials company? And I was like, I'm not, you know, I'm always open to hear stuff. You don't want to be closed-minded, right? But he was like, um, would you ever be interested in relocating to the panhandle? And I was like, oof. <laughs> that's what I say, too. That's, that's uh, you know, you're going to have to really come with something spicy. <laughs> it, better, it better be real spicy. Yeah, yeah. We're talking so, flaming charcoal. Covering the territory of Mobile to Tallahassee was the opposite of spicy. That was a soggy corn tortilla is what that was. So, yeah. <laughs> Like wet bread. Yeah, dude. I was like, oh, yeah, leave Austin for uh, Mobile. Huh? Sounds great. My neighbor, he's in uh, roofing sales. Um, like they sell by the truckload type of sales. Yeah. Major roofing company. He said with Ian just came through. Uh, they're going to make two years worth of business in one month. Really? Yeah, to give you like a scope of like – he said they're already trying to order truckloads of stuff down there. Uh, I, he made a good point to me too. I, I, You know how everyone praises the linemen that like travel down there? Yeah. Travel from different states. Like good. I'm, I love that they're here because I got my power back up and running. Thank God they're here. He goes, I love that everyone praises them, which we should. 
But they're making a year's worth of salary in one month coming down here and working all that. He goes, that's why there was a, a, a truck down here from Michigan I saw. Really? Like those, all these guys travel. Yeah, all these guys travel from out of state. And, yeah, they're coming to help, which is awesome. But they are going to make bank off of working. So if you're a lineman, job. right, you're, you're paid by the hour, right? I would assume so, yeah. So what what kind of unless time are they giving them like triple you're... overtime for work or like what makes I would that worth so. it for them? Well, I, well, I'm I'm sure there's a ton of money coming from the government too to pay the like. To I'm just curious for the guy that actually you know the Michigan guy is he on his own? No, probably part of a big company. Like what what makes it worth it for these guys to go like, hey, I'm down to drive across the country in that truck, especially. What? It might be a write-off for – like, so let's say Michigan, right? Like, let's say the mission, Michigan, the company that he's working for, unless he's independent. I would assume there's not many independent linemen. Yeah. I wonder if the Michigan company gets a write-off for sending one of their workers down and, like, helping. That's their support. And then that guy just makes hourly pay. They, that's, like, their expert guy. You know, we're going to send yeah. the top dog down there. Yeah, I mean – the guy I was just telling you about that was part of this whole conversation. Um, he was based here in Panama City, and when Hurricane Michael hit, he had 36 rental properties of his own that oh, he didn't he didn't carry insurance on his properties because he owns a construction company, and I think uh -oh. the damage was somewhere around 700 grand to his stuff. And he, he fixed the stuff, you know, it took a couple of weeks before he had all of his home fixed. But he said he ran the numbers, and by not carrying insurance on it, he saved $1.4 I guess because he, he could just build his stuff back up. He could just build it at cost. I wonder if – yeah, it's his company, I guess. It's his company, you know? yeah, dude. And he said he had so many people coming to look for work under him that I think at one point they were roofing um, – I think it was 600 homes a month. And so That's if you like, figured the average roof, it cost, what, 15 grand, 12 grand, something like that? Yeah. Small home. But, like, it, that, that almost thinks of, uh, like, when you see furniture flippers on online, they're like, I flipped this thing for 12 bucks. And it's like, yeah, because you had all the tools and equipment and everything. Oh and yeah, right. Make it happen already. Your hundreds and hundreds of dollars worth of equipment, which is good if that's what you get into. But like that guy, of course, like it's free to him because he could just flip it. And if, if if the workers need a place to stay, he had uh, like he bought trailers or whatever for people. I think it was he said there was like sixteen guys per house, and he would charge them like fifty bucks a week or something. Yeah. To stay there, and so they all just set up cots or whatever, and it's just like. I saw with the linemen, that's what they do. The schools and, and some of the shelters, they just set up cots just all the way through it for the linemen, and they're just out there just busting yeah. ass all day, every day. <laughs> my neighbor, my neighbor's uh, son, he was traveling at the time, I think in up north a little bit, and his son was staying at a hotel that one of the linemen were staying at, and his son said they were just partying all night, nonstop. <laughs> like they couldn't sleep. They were just getting hammered, and then just they left early the next morning to continue down to Florida. They're oh. just getting they're just getting paid to do all that traveling down to here, you know. I guess if you're just driving a truck all day, like party and 
take some amphetamines and you'll get where you're going. Time away from the wives and it's a bro time. Let's go fix everything. (laughs) 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 Gotta go help the boys, honey. I'll see you in two months. What is it about bro time that is just so, I don't know, man. It's like when you get around your boys, I was uh, hanging out with Abby and one of her friends the other day. One of our friends, uh, yeah, one of our friends and um, two women. And she was like, Colton, you just don't strike me as the type that like really lets loose. Like when you party, you just, you're always nice and even (laughs) cute. You know, you're right. You're right. (laughs) I was like, what makes you think that? And, you know, she said a couple of things to support her statement. And I was like, oh, no, no, I let the wheels fall off for sure. Like there's times, you know, but it's like the older I think I've gotten, the more I want to preserve that hangover. I was thinking about this after drinking Sunday. I had a couple of drinks with some friends. And Monday, I was totally good. And my buddy texted me. He was like, okay, hey, great seeing you, you know, nursing this hangover. And I'm like, I th- I just think the older I get, the more I know I, I don't want that hangover. I don't want, you know, I'm running from like really feeling like shit the next day so if i'm gonna do it it's it's a couple times a year where i'm like all right let's burn it to the ground oh yeah get after it but you also prepare when you're going to do that you know there's drinking a lot of water beforehand you got some pedialyte prepared ready to go you already kind of know to start drinking water before the night ends i can't i can't believe it when i go out with people and they don't (laughs) drink water while they're drinking yeah i i started doing that a lot more lately I'm like, dude, you're asking for trouble if you're not drinking water while you're drinking, man. That makes you pee like a racehorse, and that sucks. I have a small bladder, but it's just does something. What? That Pedialyte makes me piss a lot, just specifically Pedialyte. I don't know what it is. Take that. Have to go a lot. I think it's just well, it's alcohol in general. Alcohol is a diuretic, right? Don't ask me what that word means, but I know it means to make you. Man, we learned that at Burning Man, didn't we? Where it was like water only gets you so far out there you actually have to drink like it actually came down to a science we actually had to fill our body with vitamins and electrolytes to keep moving who knew just to stay alive (laughs) just to get where you're going out there man you could drink water all week and by halfway through the week they're gonna someone's gonna force gatorade down you somewhere (laughs) (laughs) probably one of the park rangers probably one of the park rangers finding you i'm just enjoying the sun oh yeah we could see yeah. Um, hey, hard segue. Have you seen the recent updates on the Ukraine-Russia stuff? I haven't, no. I was, I've was i been busy with Hurricane and uh, going to California for work the past like week and a half. So. Oh, yeah. How was the California thing? You've been taking a lot good. of trips out there. Yeah, it was good. Just uh, It was a work, work trip. Got to go scavenger hunt in uh, San Francisco. Obviously, we stayed in the financial district, nice area of uh, San Francisco. We didn't really go that far. They were no like, homeless people? Oh no, they kept the they kept us in the very nice part, which was funny because it really wasn't that big of a circle. <laughs> really, you didn't have to go that far to get out of that that area. Yeah. We're like, ah, don't venture that way. Just stay right here. All right, got it. Yeah, because San Fran has like the big population of homeless people, right? Or is that Los oh, Angeles? Yeah. Oh no, I mean you saw it still there for sure. Like you saw yeah. some whacked out people walking around the tourist area, the financial area, but uh. Like, they were just specifically, like, stay in this area. Do not go that way. It's like when a <laughs> it's like a company taking you to, to, to Channel Side or something. They're like, don't go to Ybor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of 
like what they were doing. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, I haven't been to San Fran, but uh, so I was watching the updates. I've been I've been watching the updates on this war like every single day. I got like multiple people like feed me news or whatever. And um, Russia recently annexed those territories. You know, Putin said like, "Hey, these are our states now." And literally the next day, Ukraine took one of them back, and now they're pressing in to the other ones. And Putin, there's some, like, nuclear power plant that's been at the center of a lot of this conflict. Because if that thing goes, like, they bombed this power plant, by the way. They tried to bomb the nuclear power plant. And um, Putin wrote a decree of, like, hey, this is now part of motherland russia and the president of ukraine wrote oh yeah i also signed a decree today that said any of the decrees you made are null and void so glory to ukraine <laughs> I was like, dude i don't wow. know man it feels like one of those times where trouble comes in threes or just shit's falling apart because we got the whole china thing going on we got, you know, with the Taiwan. China's we got, just looking at Taiwan like, we can do it. We can, we can do it. We can do it real easy. Sure would be a shame. <laughs> sure would be a shame. We just sent a couple million people over there. And then you got the whole Putin-Ukraine thing. And then Putin's rubbing elbows with these guys out of Saudi Arabia. And they said they're going to be cutting oil production by like 20, 30% to squeeze the world war, worldwide market because of the sanctions being put on Russia. And I'm like... How much inflation have we experienced this year? Do you, do you even know what what how what has inflation uh, uh, gone up by? It's it's insane. It's insane right now. Yeah, and the Federal Reserve is trying to bring oil prices down, while Saudi Arabia is trying to bring it up because it helps them. It just has, and then like all these reports about like the market, the housing market coming down, and it's just like, holy shit. Can you imagine living through something like the Cold War era where, like, threat of nuclear strike was imminent? Oh, man. Underground bunker sales, way up. Way up. I mean, it's it kind of has that vibe now where we feel like a war could break out or the economy's going to tank any day. It just oh, – I have no. heard, uh, I've heard, have heard a lot of the Russian people are starting to – because I guess they're starting to draft people over there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. a lot of people are trying to avoid it by breaking their arm or leg, and they're still pulling them to go to war. Like, well, you're a dummy for breaking your arm or leg. It's going to be way tougher for you now going out there. I saw a guy, a uh, commander might be the name. You know, he's, like, addressing quite a few troops, but they're all new people that got called up or drafted. Mm-hmm. And he was just kind of making light of the situation. He was like, I'm getting a lot of questions, so I'll address them now. Where are we going? I don't know. How long are we here for? A week? Maybe a month? I don't know. Uh, anybody that's complaining about uh, head plates, uh, vertebrae that are fused, replaced knees, heart palpitations, oh or any of that, you are still considered fit for war, so don't complain to me because I have all of those. So we'll be going wherever we're going together, uh, doing what we do don't know what that is but when i know you'll know so here we go <laughs> i wonder if you i wonder if you can get your hands put on get your hands on some weed and just smoke it in front of the general maybe they take you to jail instead of war maybe that's the workaround i don't know man that's so so when they started the whole draft process two weeks ago seven hundred thousand people have fled russia in two weeks 
Yeah, it's that's not going to work out very well for them because none of them want to be fighting the war out there. None of the no one does. No one. It's all for 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 Putin. What's going on out there? So they're like, let's get out of here. And and that's and you have no one backing you as a cause while they're fighting. You know, yeah. I wonder how many of them are surrendering on the battlefield. Like, we don't want to be out here. Yeah, the Sick Ukraine started a movement called My Life Matters or something like that, or uh, I Want to Stay Alive. I Want to Stay Alive is what it's called. So it's a hotline for the troops to surrender. And one soldier called as soon as he got drafted. Before he got there, he called two weeks early to figure out the process to surrender. Wow. And so today there was a tank troop that drove up with covered in white towels and flags and shit and surrendered. A tank drove straight to Ukraine to surrender. Wow. What's the process? Got our tank? Let's go. Get out of here. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I don't know. I I can't wrap my head around it. And uh, yeah, man, I just, I feel for all those poor people that are getting sent up there. Yeah. I wonder if, uh, are there still a lot of deaths happening in the war? Like, are they still battling a lot or or is it like they're not really wanting to fight? They're sending, they're sending the, the people they've drafted to the front lines with as little as like four days of training. Oh, brutal. They're That's literally like just World War Two, isn't it? Sending well, them we up there. Few... Another video came out of these people that had just been drafted, and the personnel that was telling them, "Hey, what's going to go on?" There weren't any beds in the room, so they had to sleep in. And this is a draft building oh. before they even make it to where they're getting sent. No cots, no real equipment. And they said you need to call your wives and your girlfriends and have them send tampons, pads for, like, their tourniquets, for, like, their medical Uh, supplies. Because that's how short they are on supplies for the warriors. Now it's starting to just turn into Putin's, like, I can't give up. (laughs) I have to to win the war. I mean. I guess win the war. I'm just blown away. I don't know. I just. It'd be like if the U.S. was like, okay, we're going to take back Mexico because that was part of Texas and that's rightfully ours. <laughs> no one would be like, oh, yeah, that's a great cause to fight for. Like, sure. <laughs> Different story. Now, on the other hand, if Mexico started invading America or Canada, right? Would the gangs be on our side? Or would the gangs be on the Mexican side? The cartels, I mean. because We, we are their the, biggest customers. Would the cart- I wonder, would the cartels be on our side? Or would they be on the, the Mexican government? I feel like our side. Feel like cartels side. would be the first reasonable people in that war. Let me tell you, dude. They would step in so quick and go, hey, 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 everybody. <laughs> no one needs to die, okay? <laughs> let's, let's think rationally, okay? The tunnels will collapse if you run tanks over them. Go <laughs> this way. <laughs> Better yet, they come in with these tanks that are all hopped up on meth and cocaine and just, like, barreling through the desert. The cartel are like, we'll do our part and just funding cocaine to our soldiers. Get out of there. The U.S. intelligence agencies are like, we've never seen our troops work this hard. This is amazing. The they production. They literally made it to South America within three days. <laughs> <laughs> the war is over. <laughs> hey, fun fact. Did you know that um, the the troops, I don't know if that's the right word. It's what I'm trying to think of. There's probably a different name for it. But the guys, submarinists, you know, the guys on submarines, 
they used to drink the fluid out of the torpedoes and get fucked up on it. What? Swear. That, that, that was not in the submarine museum when I went there in Hawaii. Yeah, that was what? a problem. They would, uh, they would undo some of the some of the stuff that I guess fucking made it go boom pow and would drink it and get fucked up on it. <laughs> Think about how hardcore you want to get fucked up in order to do that. Well, remember folks, before you do your torpedo juice, test it. Make sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm Googling that right now. I mean, cause are there any other cases of a liquid that would be used to, to, to kill people that people would, get drunk or messed up on nah, not that i can know of unless there was something in world war one with the gases but all gases kill people as far as i know yeah i mean i don't know man that's that's tough stuff yeah either way hey i, I glory to ukraine i feel for those people i can't imagine for the russians too that's an awkward position to be in you know that's like most for, of for russia the soldiers oh yeah i'm surprised putin is still going at some point, there've got to be a, a mutiny that happens. I'm sure in, out there. What do you? How do you bring that to? Uh, how do you bring that to a close? You know, I, like you, you're Putin. You've backed yourself into a position in in a. I feel like now. that's just the Russian way. Honestly, I feel like every leader in Russia just dies of mutiny. They go. They, that's just the Russian way. Like I'm gonna go until the people have clearly said I am wrong, and they do that by killing me. Yeah, I think the I past mean, three. I guess I don't know my uh, Russian history, but I feel like the past three have died that way. So check this out: since there were no bars, pubs, or stills aboard the submarines, and there wasn't any room for anything of that sort, anyhow, the soldiers would convert the fuel used to drive their torpedoes into 180-proof alcohol. <laughs> no wonder they were like, "Uh, the uh, torpedoes really aren't very uh, working well. We need more scent, please. Make sure we get the correct ones." Oh, the Navy like caught that. on. They had to add stuff to it to make sure that <laughs> they would get tummy aches and diarrhea. <laughs> oh, the worst thing on a submarine. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh. I went to that submarine. They had one at the museum in Hawaii. That thing is way bigger than I thought it would be. A submarine? Oh, yeah. Way bigger than I thought. And I was in an old World War II one. I could, like, walk through it normal. Like, and the only time I really had to duck down was... Uh, Going from door to door. Like the chamber things? Chamber things, yeah. Those are yeah. tight. Those are tight. And I can't imagine running through them, how they do it. They just, like, kind of duck and run. How many man. people used to be on a submarine? Man, there was, uh, I mean, like, 30 or 40 people on that thing. Yeah, there was a lot of people. Way more than you would think. I thought, like, 12 Yeah. at most. There is a lot. And they, they are humongous now. Even, like three four story buildings now of how tall in circumference they are yeah okay. they, this thing was three levels and i could stand up fully on all three levels three levels that's intense yeah like the middle part had three levels and then once you got close to the ends it was two but yeah all i know our nuclear powered subs I don't, I don't know we're running this vein but hey whatever our nuclear powered subs the only thing that holds them back is having to come back for food Man. They can stay underwater, like, basically indefinitely, I think six months at a time. And there was a Yahoo article that came out because Russia launched – Russia has this, like, super high-tech sub, whatever, that they promote, right? It's like the 
agent of death, and it carries um, nuclear-tipped missiles and drones. And so it left dock, and then it disappeared. This was a Yahoo article. This is why I like following the military guys is because this guy was doing a breakdown. He goes, okay, so the world news agencies lost track of this thing. But he goes, here's what none of them are talking about. He goes, the government's not going to correct fucking Yahoo, but this thing makes an absurd amount of noise going above 10 knots, and it has a sister submarine, a sister vessel that it tows behind it. And they're like, the last time that they launched the sister submarine from this thing in a test to show of military force, it caught on fire and killed all 12 people aboard it. Oh, whoa. And he goes, so just because fucking Yahoo doesn't know where this thing is, he's like, you better believe NATO, a.k.a. U.S., we know exactly where the fuck that thing is oh, at all times. I would assume so. There's probably very rare instances where that's we lose track of where they are. I mean, I would assume like any war movie, hey, we have to go out of radar in order to attack the enemy, right? Like that's the only time I would think that happens. Otherwise, they're just patrolling the earth, making sure nothing happens. Just think about where we were during like World War Two, and I mean, I did not realize how when we went to the submarine. I didn't museum. I did not realize how important submarines were to destroy. I literally, I don't know why I had a huge brain fart. Submarines were never really meant to destroy battleships and stuff. They were meant to be like in the waters of the enemy, destroying. Uh, shipment carriers just like bringing food and supplies and stuff that's what they were created to destroy they really weren't created to uh that's why they have to go underwater in the enemy line to be undetected so they could just keep shooting torpedoes at shipments coming in that's what they were truly for i never realized that i had a teacher in middle school that fought in uh in world war ii and i think he was 16 or 17 when um, he fought old man loved me because he said I look like his grandson so it was awesome he just would ramble about stuff because one day I was shining a pocket mirror in his face just being a little jackass right to see how long he could stand it I think it was 20-30 minutes he didn't flinch my arm got tired I got tired and he knew exactly what was going on you know I'm reflecting the sun right in his eyes trying to distract him <laughs> this dude was hard as fuck and by the end of the class uh, he's like on a different topic and he goes, by the way, you got you kid think you kids think you could throw me off. And he was like, you haven't seen a man's finger get sliced off and blood squirt across the room. But if I cut my finger off right now, that's what it would do. So let's talk about pressure. It, it was a science class. We were talking about pressure and that's how he segued <laughs> into pressure. That's a, that's a teacher. Dude. Yeah. But he was talking about when you brought up the submarines, I thought he, he was talking about how they used to send these mulberries across the sea. They, like, read the tides, and they would come from port, and they would drag these, they called them mulberries. They looked just like big hunks of concrete just floating in the sea. And what they did is they drug them out to one of the currents, drop them off, and then they had boats on the other side of the water that would go out into the jet stream and catch these mulberries and bring it. But no one knew what they were used for. And they were used uh, for the distraction D-Day. Mm. So we started building up all these mulberries, which are just like floating dock pieces, essentially, to make Hitler think that we were going to invade 
the most logical place to invade. Mm-hmm. And there was a movie done about how we got some intelligence, someone stole tide intelligence to understand that we could invade Normandy. Like that beach would at a certain tide be the perfect ramp mm-hmm. to help us offload. There's so much shit that had to go right for all of that to work out. Um, which is kind of ironic that the Red Army, the Russians, were probably the largest contributing factor to Hitler not having a chance. That was the one time that, like, <laughs> Russia and America were like, all right, we can work together on this. But you know he had to have thought about joining the, the German army. I'm sure there was a point in there he, he thought about it, and then Hitler decided to come and attack him instead, and he changed his mind. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, you got to think, the Soviet army at that time, I mean, they're kind of doing their thing. That's a lot of land, a lot of resources. And Hitler was probably looking at that and be like, man, I could make a pretty big rocket with all that shit you got over there. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> Stalin was just like, come in further. Come in further to my land. Come on. Come on. Yeah, See that? come on. Winter? It's right there. It's right there. got to come. Come further. Hey, we're also going to burn our own shit. Come on, a little closer. And then all of a sudden, they finally get to winter, and Russia's like, "Here you go." And they come flying down in skis, just yeah. I was flying to Russia. I don't remember where I was connecting to. I think I was flying. Fuck, I couldn't even tell you. And I just—I was flying to Russia first, and on the way there, they had a Russian propaganda movie, kind of like a Saving Private Ryan kind of thing. And it was all about, like, this one big offensive hold, defensive hold for the Russians that had this, like, war hero in it. It, it was actually a really good movie. I mean, I watched the whole thing on subtitles because obviously they're speaking Russian. But it was it was like based on true events, you know, whole thing. And at the end they like told you all about like all the stuff that was real in there. They held it down, man. Hats off to them. I mean, it's, it's incredible to believe that they're kind of being fucking assholes, but it's not really them. It's just one guy and his regime. Well, he was also even during world war two being assholes to their own people. <laughs> they were, what was it? I think he killed more Russians himself than I think he did. Even. The enemy, or something like that. Uh, I couldn't tell you. I'd be out of pocket if I thought I knew around that. I mean, every leadership kind of abuses. Like, think about who was the one that sent us to Vietnam? Was that Nixon? I think it was Nixon. Yeah. Yeah. You know about the shit that came out after about how, like, that war was totally based on false bullshit and that was to help him get elected? Yeah. How many people died in Vietnam? Yeah. That was a bad one. The one that we definitely lost on that. Yeah, I mean, that's just straight. That's patriotism in a nutshell. Not questioning anything, just saying, I believe in the government. Big Brother's going to treat me right. And because of one cabinet, it's not one man, one cabinet of people that constructed this, this idea, this campaign, a lot of people died. Imagine that, too. They had, like, something good going, right? Like, they did have that. They did have people, like, I believe in the government. You know, I'm going to do it. Instead of using that for something positive, whatever they needed to, they were like, no, let's take advantage. I feel like the government I, – I, I feel like since then, the government goes, oh, we can do that. And now with how fast things are moving, the government does it and goes, yeah, we'll get a little bit of blowback, but people will forget about it next week. And it will be gone, and we'll just continue on. 
Yeah, I mean, between Vietnam and um, the war on drugs, I mean, that was all Nixon. And you just, what do you, do you, I want to know this. Your heart of hearts. Do you think 9-11 was a conspiracy? Was it an inside job? Oh, yeah, for sure. I definitely think so. I don't think, I think it's at a deeper level that I don't even think the president realized that he was a part of what was happening. That's how, like, that's how I don't think we all truly ever will know, but I think there is a, a deep, deep thing to, to let things happen so things could just get lost and, and dropped out and people can make money along the way. I mean, the guy bought the guy that bought the Twin Towers bought in terrorist insurance on the place two months before the Twin Towers fell. I don't uh, if that's not a and then the 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 CIA building that was right next door with all the headquarters. The CIA was in a ton of debt at the time, so that seventh building that just randomly fell later on that everyone says looks like it blew up. That had all the information about the CIA's debt in it, and it just they wrote it off after that. Gone. So, like, that's a, just like those two factors right there make me just question everything. So, if it wasn't even, I mean, all the things that where they're like, oh, it wasn't really the American Airlines plane and all that. Now, that's that's dumb. That's dumb stuff right there. A lot of people say the plane was like a military plane. It wasn't American Airlines, and the the people weren't real and stuff like that. Now, that's dumb. Yeah. Um, but I think there's definitely some back end stuff that happened that even the president wasn't aware of that he was he was a part of it without being knowledge about it yeah i so that that's the part that i can't i can't wrap my head around how a president would ever okay a project of his own people getting killed like that you know like i don't see any president ever being i don't care what anybody says right it's it's just a totally different lens I can't even imagine. I mean, imagine the, the decisions a president of the United States has to make every single day. Every single day. I mean, here's a, here's another one, too. The, the pilots, that the uh, terrorists that did take the planes, they did go through flight school training, but the flight instructors noticed that they were only trained. They, they only wanted to know how to fly it, like take it off kind of, but fly it. They didn't want to know how to land it. So that was reported. Like, the instructors were reporting that, that, like, this seems off, and the FBI just said, ah, it's all right. And they didn't – They did, like, that's on record of it being reported to the FBI, and they didn't do anything about it. Do you ever listen to any of the stuff that comes out around uh, Mike Baker? Do you ever listen to any of the shows he's been on? No. So Mike Baker oh, used sure. to be a, a guy high up in the CIA, and now he has his own, like, security firm that he does. And uh, I love when I hear him on shows because he just tells it so objectively and so real. And he was pretty high up in the CIA. And um, just the way yeah. he talks around conspiracies and stuff, because, like, they're all in kind of their own silos. Like, he's not trying to tell you he knows everything about everything or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, he talks about how many terrorists, it, like, threats that they have every day, how many things they have to, like, it's amazing that more domestic terrorism doesn't happen when you think about how many people are fucking out of their mind wanting to do evil shit. I and mean, they could just, and they could just get a hold of them through IM chats. Easily. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't know. It's stunning to me that more crazy shit doesn't go down. But hats off to the government for what they do. I mean, it's easy to be. I remember we went to. Uh, I remember we. I was in some leadership. I was in Brandon's leadership program, and we went to. We got to go to C, uh, Central Com here in Tampa to get a tour, and uh, they brought this like uh, basically a war consultant. They put us in a room. And the guy came in a suit, and he was like, all right, you know, I've got about an hour to talk with you guys. Um, I'm about to hop on a plane literally to go to uh, Afghanistan, and we've just got to go figure out how to solve all these problems that are going on over there. He goes, this is my job is I go over there, and I consult with generals of, like, war plans and, like, how to negotiate with uh, tribes. And he goes, all right, here's this tribe doing this thing. This tribe hates this tribe. But we're allies with this tribe, and we're allies with this tribe, but they're enemies. But this tribe down here, they love this tribe, but they hate this tribe out here. But we have to go to their city because there's a terrorist, and we got to figure out how to solve it. Like, did all this stuff, and he goes, what do you do? <laughs> and we're just all trying to do it. And we come up with something. He's like, great, now you've pissed off all these people that want to now attack you. And, like, just because you, t- like, talk to these people. We'd be like, all right, what about this? And he goes, great. Now they actually have some of, like, the weapons captured from these people. It was just crazy of how he was trying to read the playing field. And Mm -hmm. and I was like, how how do you all even? He's like, that's why we're still there, (laughs) trying to figure this out. Because this is my job, but it's still – it feels impossible. Kind of is, right? I mean, we play big brother to the world. And it just doesn't seem sustainable. And then a hurricane comes through. I'm like, ha got nothing on me. Yeah, I thought it was really ironic. We got I got brought up at the family dinner table the other night um, about Ron DeSantis and how, you know, he's been pulling his political stunts lately or whatever, and that he vetoed emergency relief funds for oh, no, another we, state, I think because a of a hurricane, Panama and then City turned Colton. around and asked for relief funds All right, in Florida. You, I don't know if everyone else might have heard yet, but you cut out for a solid 30 seconds on me. Oh, I'll run it back. Um, or Glenn. Hey. Um, so did you hear anything about Ron DeSantis and his whole political stunts where he sent all the immigrants just, you, to some? You just said the politi- you said the political stunts. Now go. Political stunts happen okay. in America. This is a thing. Yes. Happens all the time. Right. Sure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, I, I don't know. I just thought it was ironic that Ron DeSantis was like, yeah, no other country should, or no other states should get relief funds. But then the hurricane hits and he's like, hey, we could use some for sure. You know, I think like $300 million. Or oh, I just love, crazy. I love how they were sending, I do, I do love how they were sending the immigrants to these places that are always like, we will accept anybody. And these cities that are like we're sanctuary states, they're like, all right, we need to send them out there because we're oh, we're full now. Sorry, like all these people you wanted to come in, we are helping them, but now they gotta we gotta send them somewhere. So you're a sanctuary state, and all these sanctuary states are going, no, we we said that we said yeah. we were going to do that, but we don't really mean it. I mean, it's just fucked up to even do that in the first place. But like, I it is I don't get up, it. But I they, get it. I don't get they're it. They're the yeah. ones pushing it so it's like hey if you're pushing it and we're full and we we our resources are starting to get tapped out we got to send them to the people that are urging it and what's funny is is all the ones that are urging it are farther inland (laughs) you know they're like it hasn't reached them so they're like we're just going to bring it to you and now well uh, you know sending two or three buses full of people 
across America to a house that's clearly going to refuse them. I get it. I get it. Well, they were but... flying them to Florida in the middle of the night by the airplane loads. They were literally... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is on video. They're just landing in the middle of the night after the airports have closed and dropping them off in Florida at the Orlando airport, the Tampa airport, and just fl- flying them in. So he Hell was yeah. like, all right, well, then we're just going to – we can't – what are we supposed to do? So now we'll send them up to where you want them. So feel, in a nutshell, but you feel better for the immigrants because they did all that work to get over here. Now they're just a toy, living the American dream, traveling all the states. I don't envy even the slightest of politicians' life, begging for votes, having to run around do favors all the time to try and get legislation passed that you believe in. Or better yet, trying to fucking tell people what to do with their bodies, thinking that's the righteous move to make. It just it's never, it's never like a mechanic, right? It's always like a lawyer. Joe Rogan for president, man. Let me tell you, <laughs> we were talking about that the other day. That dude be in office all of a week and be like, "All right, there was no aliens. I'm done." <laughs> He'd be the realest motherfucker ever. Imagine a cabinet of comedians leading the free world. What turns, we could get done. <laughs> just turns into SNL skits. That's the State of the Union. That's the State of the Union. It's like SNL. Pete Davidson's out there like, I don't even know why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, State of the Union would probably get uh, higher coverage than the Super Bowl if that was the case, you know? For sure. You got for Dave sure. Chappelle doing our outreach programs for impoverished neighborhoods. So that's that's what the world needs. Yeah, that would be awesome. And then you got like Greg, Greg Fitzgerald as like secretary. <laughs> Greg Fitzsimmons, I mean, is secretary going up there? <laughs> yeah, like um, Alex Jones being a part of CNN or Fox News reporting. <laughs> Louis C.K. is the HR department <laughs> the U.S. government. <laughs> Yeah, man. That's what we need. Jim Carrey is like our Secretary of State. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, <laughs> would, I think we should put what's – the, what's the one with uh, Department of uh, Military? Just make that one a woman. She'll know how to, like, resolve all that for sure. Like, just put her in. Hey, go, go make the world a better place. <laughs> Who was it? Um, the Mad Dog – was like our top general for the military. You know about this dude? No. Dude, I'll uh while I'm kinda of telling you about him, this guy had some insane stats that got him where he's at because there was something uh a reporter asked him some question about like whatever if a, a war were to break out, like what what would we do kind of thing or if a, another country challenged us and he you know, it sounded like a very eloquent answer and uh, towards the end of it, I mean, it was pretty firm, but towards the end of it, the only thing I remember him saying was, uh, you know, if any country decided to pick a war with America, the only thing I would advise them is to make sure that someone else will be there to raise their daughters because any of the men or sons will not be returning home. Yeah. I was like, God bless. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we have definitely an impeccable fortress around the U.S. for sure. There's nothing coming in this way. Jim Mattis, that's the guy's name, Jim Mattis. This dude was hard 
hardcore, dude. Um, they made a movie about him. I I can't find any of his accolades. That's why. That's why nine eleven was such a big deal. That was like that is an attack that it penetrated through the entire fortress. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bush was just hunting for oil after that point. He's like, I need some heads on a pike, and hey. <laughs> That's what, as soon as I heard this whole Saudi Arabia Russia thing, this OPEC, you know, OPEC is like, like a cartel. This seems familiar. <laughs> yeah, the cartel running that, and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna cut oil production." And I'm like, "I don't know if that's a good idea, guys." You know, last time you fucked around with our oil supply, U.S. are looking over your shoulder, being like, "Hmm, sure would be a shame." <laughs> sure would be a shame if a few tanks showed up <laughs> with that oil over there. <laughs> Got a few bombies. You don't have to send people. We'll just fly something over there to you. <laughs> I was watching a TikTok the other day of some of the Ukraine guys. We have we have U.S. guys over there. I was watching an interview with this guy in particular who I think just did a ton of tours overseas, got all messed up. And um, the reporter was asking him, like, so why are you here? And he's like, well, it's pretty fucked up what Russia's doing. And they're like, okay, um, how long have you been here? And he, and he told, and they're like, how long do you intend on staying? And he's like, till it's over. Some people thrive on that, though. Like how how we get excited about a really nice festival and a lineup, you know, we're like, yeah, let's go do that. They're like, a war? Oh, I mean, boy. this was clearly a man that has a lot of demons from all the work he's done for us and yeah. was like, Hey, I can either be home. The, just the energy he conveyed things with was so real and raw of, I could be home fighting my PTSD or I could just do what I'm really good at doing, which is killing people. And man knew, man knew his uh, strengths, I guess he did. And the reporter was like, so well, what's something you've been, you know, what's been kind of like shocking for you being here. And he was like, the Russians are unwilling to fight. And she was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, most of them are scared shitless. And when we go to kill them, they retreat so fast. He's like, most of my men die from booby traps or bombings because they're too afraid to get close to us. Wow. So they just keep retreating backwards. That's how they keep losing stuff so quick. And they set all these mines and booby traps. Like I saw a video, like, you know, in the reference to this, they dug grave the burial sites for the fallen Russian soldiers. And they knew that the Ukrainians give a fuck and would go to pay their respects. So they booby trapped the oh, grave man. graveyard. And they would booby trap like Brutal things if they went to pay their respects like to pick up stuff for them or whatever they had like grenades under it i mean it's crazy that's brutal that's a yeah ooh, that's brutal right there i never even would have thought of that that's deep dark i know man i mean best clip oh god i we, i wish we could put it in there but it, it'd be fucked up if we did the ukrainians bombed two Russians on top of a roof. One dude was getting a blowjob from the other dude. Oh, my God. They got it on drone, dropping a bomb on this dude getting his dick sucked by his uh, oh, fellow comrade. Oh, my God. <laughs> Imagine. Oh, man. Do you, think, do you think he finishes? Is that the climax 
seated. <laughs> they see it. Wait. We got an audience. <laughs> Maybe the God, this is bad. Maybe the one guy that's getting his dick sucked sees sees it up there, and the other guy's like, "What?" He's like, "No." I've waited my entire life for this. This is this is the moment. Um, bang. That's fucked. That's so fucked up. Yeah. I don't know, man. World's in a, a weird place in time. And, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about today, today was my mom's birthday. And uh, my cat, I don't know, might as well be his birthday, too. Dude's 21. And uh, Whoa, I got. Jelly Bean's 21? No, Bobo. Oh, Bobo. I Whoa. Yeah, that's a fresh 21. Yeah. No, uh, Bobo is my childhood cat. And, you know, mom had a great birthday family over there and stuff and I'm like loving on Bobo he's old man he's old and, you know he's frail and just kind of laying there I got all choked up got all emotional I'm like it is wild how fast time flies by like once we start getting in this late 20s early 30s everything starts to shift there's like this fragility entering into kind of my environment where I'm feeling it you know looking at my sister and brothers and mom and family where you're like wow even myself you know I'm almost 30 and it's like I think there's a different relatability like my sister's 15 years older than me and so looking at where she's at in life and where I'm at it's like we are two very developed adults at this point yeah and it just, dude, I got so emotional. I was like, hey, I love you, Mom. I got to get out of here before anybody sees me crying or whatever. And it was like happy tears. But at the same time, I, you know, it was like feeling emotional blocks for some reason not allowing me to feel the total reverence of kind of what's coming up. But it is odd mm -hmm. getting older. I feel it like just, I, uh, I think I, as I've gotten older, I, I, I think through things a lot better. Like, what are my consequences for doing this, right? Like, you were talking about the hangovers earlier. The consequences of that are it's going to be a lot difficult to do the next couple of days of work, whereas before I could bounce back pretty quickly, you know? Yeah. But now it's... It, it almost feels like, yeah, the, the, I can't imagine having children at this age when you want to think about consequences. Like, that is... I could think of having kids at early 20s. That's one I, I, I couldn't believe some people were doing. And yeah, you know, and people are like, "Well, people thrive," and I'm like, "It's a small number." Like I've seen people thrive for sure, but it's the number of people that do not like it, and the ones that the marriages that do not work out too much is pretty, pretty high. Kind of depends where your heart's at too, right? Like if you're yeah. excited to have the kid versus you're like, "Oh, my life's over because of the kid," then you're raising this yeah. kid with resentment. Yeah. And kids are a handful if you love them. Let alone you're like, hey, you've just given me a new obligation, God, thanks. It's, it's your time. I didn't want it my time. Well, yeah. At the moment, it didn't look, seem like it. you wanted your time. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all the parents listening to this. We, uh, hey. Yeah. That's... It's coming soon. I'm going to have a sick-ass minivan, though. I tell you what, like, if, once I'm into it, it's going to be like, well, I'm the coolest dad out there. So. You think you're going to roll minivan? You're not going to go SUV? <clears throat> I, 
I think just minivan, just because I want to do SUV, but just the minivan, I just feel like I can soup it up a lot more for a lot cheaper. Like an SUV, it's gonna haul. It's just gonna take way more fuel and stuff. Whereas, like, ah, I can, I can soup up a minivan. Like, get one where you push the button and the doors open without having to do anything. You know, an SUV, you can't do that. You have to open the doors. But the van, you just boop, and it opens up by itself. How many kids do you think you're gonna want to have? Two. 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 Yeah. I feel like a minivan for two kids is a lot. But then again. Well, the- Subwoofers are going in the back along with all their football pads. So, oh right, yes, to damage those pure little ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm be like, all right, kids, put your your oh, sub, you know, your earphones in. <laughs> Daddy's, gonna play some, Daddy's Daddy's gonna play some Skrillex now. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I fear Gosh, for your Dad, children, brother. You're embarrassing me. Oh Stop man, embarrassing me. <laughs> Well, speaking of kids, if you need a reprieve and you're thinking about doing some altered substances, don't forget to go to testkitplus.com forward slash professional hippies to test everything you might be putting in your own milk or your own bottles. Uh, We got a very warm (laughs) email from them and uh, just want to pass that along to you guys. This is our partner for everything that um, we test our stuff with. So if you want to be a professional hippie, make sure you're being professional about being a hippie and test your stuff. And uh, it was really cool to see you guys out there embracing them and uh, staying safe yourself. So shout out to them. But um, Good job, everyone. Good job, everyone. You get a round of applause. That was loud. That blew, Sorry, folks. That, yeah. That's, uh... <laughs> All right. There we go. There go. Sorry, folks. There go. Maybe... Maybe he can edit that one out for us. <laughs> Hopefully. All right. Well, everyone, hope you enjoyed another episode of the uh, Professional Hippies Podcast. Share it with those that you love. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Share it with those down in Florida. They're really needing it right now. Time of need. And uh, share it with even those that you hate because, you know, maybe you don't like the show. So share it with them, too. So Hey, everybody love needs love. Love you guys. Everybody needs love. Love you guys. Next episode.